comes to the game. Jonathan Harris comes out. Martin, fifth-year edge pass rusher at Temple to high school Cherokee Trails in Denver. Mahomes, second down, throws the ball middle of the field. That ball will be intercepted and a diving interception and a beauty indeed. That is Josie Jewell. Jewell with his first interception of the season could not have come at a better time. He gets up and leads a pack of blue jerseys into the north end zone where they will all pose. And why not? You got to celebrate small victories. Jewell with a dandy of an interception. And the Broncos have the football on the Chiefs' 43-yard line. All right, that from 850 KOA, Broncos Radio Network, as Dave Logan calls the Josie Jewell interception. We'll have uh, Josie Jewell from the postgame yesterday coming up after bed. I, 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 I mean, I have I a guess... pretty good reason why not. You're down 27-zip. Yeah, I, I, sure. I guess I, I just yeah, I'm with you on that. I when I when I saw them running to the end zone, I'm like, oh no, they're gonna pose for a picture. They're down twenty-seven nothing. You know what that reminded me of? It was I don't remember who they were playing, but it was West Virginia defensive back. Ball goes past him, and he immediately spins around and waves his arms like incomplete. Yeah, where the receiver is running behind him into the end zone because he caught the ball. Yes. That's kind of what that reminded me of. It's like, yeah. damn, you guys are down 27-zip in the first half, and you're going to go go down and celebrate the team I, photo I was, running I, 60 yards down I'm, the field? Look, I'm with you on that. I'm I'm totally with you on that. I, I'm just there watching them going, great play, yeah. incredible play by Josie Jewell. You're down 27 nothing, guys. Let's just get, and at get Full the, disclosure, I hate that celebration as it is. I think it's stupid and it should be a delay a game penalty. But down twenty seven nothing, it's even worse. It just looked it looks silly. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It looks silly. So we've got uh, the, we've got the good, the bad, the ugly today. Something that makes your list. Uh, send it to us today. Text or call us nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. We've got a few of them this morning on the Chick fil A breakfast team phone line. Uh so we got one from uh let's see. Unnamed texture on this one. I don't see a name up here on it. I don't. I don't see one either. Good Jerry Judy showing he was indeed worthy of a first-round pick. Bad losing Wilson injury just when he starts to play with passion. Ugly officials totally blowing the call on Ohio State buzzer beater over Rutgers. Did Ooh. we win? Then we got it right. That's all that matters. Apparently that texter did not feel they got it right. I, I'm not entirely certain what that is referring to. That has to be... From the weekend, I wasn't super locked in on college hoops. This you were, you had a lot of other things going on yeah. this weekend. Uh, from Tim, good. The Broncos showed some fight and didn't give up. Bad. This game is the outlier until it happens more than once. Ugly. The knot on Russ's head. He should be out for the rest of the season since the Broncos are mathematically eliminated. I agree. Sure. Set him down. My boy Brett Rippon deserves a shot. Say, get Russ healthy for 2023 from Robert this morning. Uh, the good, another moral victory. The bad, of course, the Broncos losing again. The ugly, the talk about firing the coach. The Broncos have been in every game. It's what now? Eight one-score games for Denver? I believe so. 
a lot of missteps for sure, but even Coach Lombardi had a losing season his first year. Whoa, 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 whoa Robert, Robert, whoa, Robert, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Let's pump the brakes on Nathaniel Hackett being compared to Vince Lombardi. Okay, whoa, whoa, sir. Whoa. Put that horse back in the barn. Okay, whoa. They're three and eight in one score games are the Broncos. Yeah. My gut feeling tells me that it would be wrong to fire coach at this time. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Vince Lombardi, he is not, but it might be. It might be. I don't. I do. I kind of agree with that, that I don't think one and duns are really any good for anybody in the NFL, but the, with the way, with the impatience now league wide amongst owners and front offices, I. I don't see it getting any better. I see more one and duns than fewer coming. And Ohio State beat Rutgers 67-66, so it was a good call. Whatever it was. <laughs> Whatever happened there. Yeah. You're you're good with it. Yep. Go Bucks. 22 from Zed Key there. I believe outside of Canada that's Z Key is his name. A little alphabet joke. Okay. I'll I'll take your word for it. Your big letter, Kenny guy. I figured you would have got that. I've never seen it, but I hear it's Canadian. I don't remember every single bit from Letter Kenny. Okay, so that's let's uh, give me some slack. All right, I actually watched it again for the first time in forever because we decided to to drop Hulu for a while. And so, uh, yeah, I I have not. Uh, I don't remember ever, kind of like you not remember in Ohio State and what yeah. they did this week in basketball. I can't say that I remember every single thing. I just know for Canada, it's A to Z, right? Not A to Z. So yeah, it's A to Z. Z. Yeah. Spending so, way too long on what I thought was wow, a clever part. You thought that was extremely funny. Um, good try. I'm not wrong. <laughs> you just don't like my jokes, that's all. Depends on the day, depends on my mood. Mark, Mark Mancuso at it uh, yeah. for the Parks and Rec. Colorado School of Mines football put on a dominant performance against Shepard in the semifinals. Yeah, they did. Our Mac football well represented this weekend. That little stick the Shepherds have it didn't help. <laughs> didn't help at all. Yeah, it was a dominant performance over at Marv K. Uh, standing room only, over 6,000, 191 fans there. They got to see some good football on the front range. Look at that. Yes, they did. In a dominant 44-13 to 13 performance for Mines over uh, Shepherd University. Uh, John Matelka, 20-34, 371, five touchdowns. He's pretty good. He's a finalist mm-hmm. for the Harlan Hill. They'll take on Ferris State, and he will take on fellow Harlan Hill candidate. There you go. Head-to-head should win it, right? Winner should win. See, Caleb Murphy, the defensive end from Ferris State, is up for the Harlan Hill. Speaking of 34, his past attempts, that's also John Matoka's age, from what I understand. He's been at Mines for 13 years now. What's the bigger number, the attendance at Mines or the empty seats in the upper deck of the Broncos game yesterday? Um, uh, em- empty seats at yeah, oh yeah. Uh, Power Field. Plenty of good seats available for that yeah. game. So it'll be uh, the national championship game is coming up this Saturday, McKinney, Texas. Ferris State taking on Colorado School of Mines. So Ferris State, your reigning D2 national champions. No one has won back-to-back national titles in D2 since Northwest Missouri State 
2015-2016. And uh, Fort Carroll School Lions trying to be the second team in RMAC history to win a national championship. Yeah. Because Carroll School uh, or CSU Pueblo has won. Uh, John Riston and the Thunderwolves have won. But uh, that's where, that's the direction that Miles Cochaver wants to get the Mavericks into that conversation playing in the mm-hmm. month of December talking about Maverick football in the playoffs. All right, uh, 808, Jim along with the Buckeye boy. Who do we have on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line? This is George checking in. All right. Good morning, George. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Doing fine. What's on your mind, George? Oh, I heard you say something about the mines. They had a record crowd, man, over 6,000. Yeah. And according to Mike Kliss or Legwald or something, though, there's only 2,700 unused tickets. Apparently, the Chiefs fans found showed up in droves but who knows there was a lot of there was um, so okay so i was wrong on that it just a lot of people like... dressed up as empty seats yesterday <laughs> yeah exactly i don't know how they count the numbers guys i just got reported the numbers um here's what i'll tell you about hackett here's my question when you're a division one coach or an nfl coach right you got to be elite at something like something either recruiting in the college or x's and o's or fundamentals you have to be elite right true what is nathaniel hackett elite at that's a great question. I think we've been asking ourselves for quite some time. Um, being bros with with Aaron Rodgers and kind of riding on Aaron Rodgers' coattails to a couple of MVPs. I I, I don't. He does I, a great I, job I of other people playing I, NFL. His dad him. was a longtime NFL coach and college coach. I I you know George. I don't know. I I'll, I'll be honest with you. I can't answer that question. I don't. I don't know if anybody can answer that question. That's 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 what I'm saying. Like you hired an offensive head coach. Because he was supposed to be elite offensively, he's now delegated his play calling duties to someone else. You hired a head coach who's supposed to manage the clock. He can't manage the clock. He delegated those to someone else. I feel like I'm in office space. Whereas you know, when he looks at him and goes, "What is it that you say you would do here?" You know what I mean? Like, what, what is it that you do? I I, I don't know. It, it's it's wild because I support coaches all the time, but I, I just you hired an offensive head coach who now doesn't coach offense, at least doesn't call plays. So he's not elite there. And then he's not elite in clock management situations. He doesn't even do it. He has someone else like telling him what to do. It's a it's a complete mess, honestly. And, he didn't and, call plays in Green Bay either. Yeah, because that was, it Matt, was Matt LaFleur called the plays. Yeah, he, he, he did call plays in Jacksonville when he had Bortles and they went on that run. He, he did there, the but, but, not, but, not where, but, but not where he, George, where he hung his hat, where he got this job. Which was, was Aaron Rodgers winning back-to-back MVPs and the role that he played in Aaron Rodgers doing that. Even like you, like you just said, Buck, I mean, he, he didn't call the plays in Green mm-hmm. Bay. And, I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers, George. I mean, it's it's not... Every it's not week like that Rogers, goes on, this is like Aaron Rodgers hire. It's right. It's not like he had to coach up Brock Purdy or somebody, Mr. Irrelevant. He was coaching Aaron Rodgers. So, I, I'm not sure how challenging that would be in terms of what that guy's capable of delivering. It might be challenging in terms of relationships and things like that. He's a he's a different kind of guy, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. I don't I've never quite understood what what he does or is supposed to be doing well because he doesn't really do anything. I mean, from my understanding and I would disagree to a certain extent. I think he got a lot of credit for for going to the AFC Championship game and barring a defensive meltdown in Foxborough in the AFC Championship would have been the Super Bowl. With Blake Bortles. I mean, we've all seen what Blake Bortles can do. To do that and have that kind of offensive output um, in that offense, I, I think that that did play a role because everyone's like, well, it's Aaron Rodgers. What can he really do? And then they go back to Jacksonville and say, well, he did this, you know. But 
I, I just think that when you when you hire an offensive guy and you think about it that way, and he doesn't end up coming in and doing what he's supposed to do offensively, and then, okay, well, maybe you can still give him a second year. But then when you add in the clock management issue and him admitting I can't really do that either, I just think it's really hard to justify what it is that he does. I think the only thing that, that really plays in his favor is the role that the D.C. has done. Um, and so, you know, if you, if you don't, if you make a change and don't hire the defensive coordinator at this point in time, you're probably not going to retain him because he's going to be upset. And so he's probably going to go elsewhere. He's not going to be like, yeah, let me just sign on and be DC here where I can go be a head coach. somewhere." I think that's the best thing. Oddly enough, that's the best thing that that Nathaniel's done is is hire him. Of course, he has a lot of talent over there too, but, um, you know, I, I think that the retaining, Evero is 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 probably the best thing he has going for him. My opinion. and and he's going to be a hot commodity with what the Broncos defense has done. And and they are you're right. They're on Jiro Vero. They're going to have to make a decision on whether or not they feel like he's a young, up and coming, rising coach, and we can't let this guy go. Or if you yeah. feel, or if, I mean, or if you feel like you've got to be pretty certain, you feel like that he is he's the right guy to take this over. And and I I I can't say that I. I'm sure about that or not. I I think he's done a sensational job of the Bronco defense. He'll be in demand, but you have to feel really good about Vero's ability to to lead a locker room. Players do seem to like him. At least that's what we hear on the on you know you know from the from the you know from the outside. We hear that the players respond to him well. George, I you know I, I just the one thing I'll, I will I will disagree with a little bit on Hackett in in Jacksonville. That was a great defense with Clayus Campbell, uh, Jalen Ramsey. They had Leonard Fournette. They ran. They were what? One of the top rushing offenses. From they that were, standpoint, they were a great running football team. The Blake Bortles took advantage of play action and didn't screw up too many things because the run game really set the tone for that offense in Jacksonville. Well, yeah, it's a Doug Marone coached off uh, head, head head coaching team, and so that's that's kind of what happens. But um, I mean, I would yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I think I think every quarterback is a, is a product of of their system to some extent. True. Sure. Um, you know, you, for whatever it's worth, no one, no one before or since has replicated <laughs> that production from Blake Bortles. No, it's true, including the Broncos. I'll, I'll we'll give so. Hackett that much credit. Nobody's been able to do that since that time. Hey, George, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for calling in today. Yeah, later. All right, so take care. I'm looking at Nathaniel Hackett. His his elite ability is to be elite adjacent. He's <laughs> associated around... associated with eliteness, right? So. You take a look at his offense, his scoring offense, nine years as an OC or a head coach. His scoring offense has been top five once. His scoring defense has been top five four separate times in those nine years. In yards, the worst defense he's played on has been 18th. Every other defense, eight out of nine years, has been 10th or better in yards allowed. Defense. Offense, rushing offense, he's had the number two in Buffalo, the number one in Jacksonville, and eighth. Passing offense, without Aaron Rodgers, the best is 17th. That's just good enough to be bottom half of the league. I said it the day he got hired, and I still stick with it, and I referenced it in the call with George, that every game that goes by, and Nathaniel Hackett coaches this team, air quotes coaches, this was a hire to get Aaron Rodgers. Looks more and more like that. It, it, it does, and I agree with you on that. 
it looks more like that was the direction. That's what was the hope. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. And then, okay, let's cram, you know, round peg into square hole yeah. with, with this offense and Russell Wilson. All right, one more text, and I appreciate this person sent this in before. Mm-hmm. The Uray Trojans, and I'm assuming Uray Trojans high school boys basketball, I believe, on this. Looks that way. Uh, went 3-0 this weekend to win the Western Slope Winter Classic Tournament, beating Debeck 41-33. Um, Dove Creek 57-56 and Rangeley 54-52. The Trojans are 4-1. and like the little update from down Highway 15, yeah. you're right. We appreciate that. All right, 816, it's time for a little trip around the National Football <laughs> this morning. All right, we'll start out with an AFC East showdown. As you had, uh, I got to find uh, where to go. There we go. Trying to, I had to, I had to look for my, my scoreboard from mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah, the Bills taking on the Jets yesterday, Buckeye. Yeah. Bills get the 20 to 12 win yesterday. Josh Allen, rather okay day. I mean, he still had two touchdowns, one through the air, one on the ground. He accounted for over 200 yards of, of total offense. But it was kind of a, like I said, for Josh Allen, a, a very pedestrian day, but a good enough to get them their 10th one of the season. They're now 10 and 3 to beat the Jets, who are now 7 and 6 on the season. Mike White. 268, left that game for a little bit, and Joe Flacco came in to replace him, and White got dinged up, came back in. Uh, Zavon Knight had 71 yards and a touchdown on the ground for the uh, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. They're still very much in the playoff conversation in a very crowded AFC East. Yeah, things falling apart a little bit for the Jets, but Buffalo didn't look great in that win either. They That game was real, real boring. For a lot of the first half, Probably scoreless for yeah, the majority for a lot of the first, of the first half. half. Uh, the battle of Ohio was, eh. the Bengals won. They're nine and four, 23-10 winners, and Sean uh, Watson, the new prized, very very handsy toy of the Cleveland Browns, got uh, sat down on a fourth and one for Jacoby Brissett, <laughs> who promptly overthrew his receiver by five yards. That's just kind of how the day went for the Browns. 23-10, Bengals beat the Browns. Bengals now 9-4. and four. Yeah, they're right there. They're kicking down the door of the AFC North. That's for sure. All right, it was a Lone Star State battle, question mark. It was a battle, though. That's That was a good game. <laughs> well, at least going in, it didn't think it was. It was That's a, they true. Were, Cowboys were a 17-point favorite in this game going in. Mm-hmm. Didn't end up that way as the Cowboys had to come back and and uh, Zeke Elliott scores a game-winning touchdown as Dak Prescott has to lead them on a late drive. Cowboys are now 10-3. and The Texans are 1-11-1 with the Cowboys getting the victory yesterday over the Texans and a nail-biter 27-23. Still got two timeouts. Zeke up the middle into the end zone for the touchdown. I believe that is Fox. NFL on Fox with the call there. I thought the Texans were going to hold on, but the Cowboys offense came through when they needed it to. Dak Prescott, 284 touchdown and a couple of picks. Zeke Elliott, 62 yards and a touchdown for the Texans. Davis Mills back in playing quarterback, 175 through a pick. But Jeff Driscoll, former Bronco, came on and played in the game. Four of six, 38 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Damian Pierce had 78 yards and a touchdown in the Texans' loss. An NFC North battle in Detroit was a Kirk Cousins special. 
31 of 41, 425, two touchdowns, and they lose by 11 to the Lions. <laughs> That's kind of how the Vikings have gone under Kirk Cousins the last few years, right? And they're starting to show you if the real Vikings will please stand up. Their point dif- they're 10 and 3 on the season and they're negative 1 point differential. They've lost all three losses by more than 10 points and it's just been atrocious. Yeah, they're great in one score games, but when it's not a one score game, they're getting their heads beat in. Jared Goff, 27 to 39, 333 touchdowns. He had one completion in this game for 9 yards to Penne Sewell, who what, what? He, he was a so- tackle eligible. <laughs> now this wasn't a, you know what, let's work Penne Sewell in in the second or third quarter. This was late in the fourth, needing a first down to secure the win. Two minutes remaining. Goff throws. Wow. Penne Sewell. The right tackle makes the catch and picks up the Lions' first down. Are you kidding me? I could not figure out why Penny Sewell was sitting there going in motion. I'm like, what is going on? Why is this big athletic freak going in motion? (laughs) Nobody expected that. The soft hands gets the first down and then just gets down. NFL on Fox with the call there. And uh, just kind of a side note, Jonathan Vilma is very good at this whole TV yeah. football football on TV thing. He's very good. Yeah, he does a great job. That so, was that was a good call. Well, on, Mike Mike Purcell almost a big big guy touchdown yesterday. Almost, yeah, yeah. Something uh, got a penalty. Lions are six and seven. And yeah, kind of they're they're right hanging there. around. They're fun to watch. Yeah. I said early on this year they're they're fun to watch. And now they're putting themselves in playoff position. All right, Jacksonville's now 5-8 and eight after they beat Tennessee, drops to 7-6. 36-22 victory yesterday as the Jags take down Tennessee. Derrick Henry had, a once again, a Derrick Henry game. Mm-hmm. Rushes for a ton of yards. Derrick Henry yesterday for 121 yards and a touchdown. Had a crucial late fumble, though. They came back to bite Tennessee as Jacksonville gets the win. From the one, Lawrence keeps it himself. Stiff arms, Cole dives and gets in. And that was really a tale of two games. Derrick Henry had a lot of that in the first quarter, first half. as He got rocked, fumbled, and then Jacksonville just took over from there. Winning in Nashville for the first time in nine years. Trevor Lawrence, 368, three touchdowns of the air. You heard the rushing touchdown Mm -hmm. right there as uh, the... Titans fall to the Jags yesterday. The the fighting Doug Petersons, they're going to be tough next year, I think. I think so. I think it's kind of fading that way. Uh, tough this year. <laughs> Sorry, I just have to laugh. The Philadelphia Eagles went to MetLife and just completely pummeled the Giants. Sorry, RJ. Remember that, remember that scene? I think it's in uh, Civil War where... Tony Stark is just punching repeatedly the Hulk in the face. Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. That's kind of what this felt like with the uh. Eagles. Jalen Hurts, 21-31, 217, two touchdowns. Oh, he ran for 77 and a touchdown. Miles Sanders ran for 144 and two touchdowns. And they just clobber the Giants 48-22. to The Eagles are 12-1. and They're 6-0 and in the road white jerseys this year. Wow. 
Fly, Eagles, fly. Yeah, E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. All right, Baltimore picks up a tough win in division in the north against the Pittsburgh Steelers, 16-14. to Ravens are now 9-4. and The Steelers drop to 5-8 and on the season. And uh, yesterday for uh, for Baltimore, had to play a couple different guys. A quarterback, Tyler Huntley, 88 yards, gets knocked out. Anthony Brown has to come in, 3-5 of five for 16 yards in the game as J.K. Dobbins had 120 yards and a touchdown yesterday. And uh, just like uh, the Ravens, the Steelers had to play both quarterbacks. Mitchell Trubisky, 276, a touchdown and three interceptions after Kenny Pickett has to leave, gets dinged. Najee Harris had 33 yards and a touchdown as Baltimore uh, continues to uh, make their case for maybe winning that division or perhaps uh, at least being a playoff team as they get the victory, even without Lamar Jackson right now, who Jackson mm-hmm. hopes to be back in about a week. Yeah, that chase will be interesting down the stretch with between them and the Bengals. Head to the Bay. Tom Brady threw 55 passes, completed 34, 253, a touchdown, two interceptions. Brock, pretty solid. Pretty good. 16 to 21, 185, two touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey, 119 yards on the ground and a touchdown, 34 yards through the air, and a touchdown. The Niners roll the Bucks 35 7 to move to 9 and 4 on the season and take a stranglehold. Uh, on that uh, NFC West because of uh, what happened in Seattle. We'll talk about that in a moment. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah. And now, if you're if you're San Francisco, are you going, oh, man, we wish we wouldn't have blown those picks on trading up for Trey Lance? Because Brock Purdy's seems like he's a good fit in what Kyle Shanahan mm-hmm. wants to do. And there's a lot of talk that Maybe Brady might end up leaving Tampa Bay, going to San Francisco. But it kind of depends what happens with Brock Purdy moving forward. Yeah. And so, because that would be like the, the, the close, it would be, be a great book into his career because Brady mm-hmm. grew up being a Niners fan, was there when he was four years old, watch uh, Dwight Clark in the catch. The, the better Brock Purdy plays, the less likely you're going to see Tom yeah. Brady playing for the, the 49ers moving forward. And I think it's less of a, oh, did we make a mistake with Trey Lance, but more of a, look what they, I think we did the right thing, only giving Jimmy G a year. Yeah. Because they're going to be all right. If Trey Lance isn't okay, they might be all right with Brock Purdy. Because those, those two guys battle it out for yeah. the, the, the starting quarterback job. All right, move on to the game you referenced. Seattle, they fall to the Carolina Panthers. Break up the Panthers and Sam Darnold. Yeah. A 30-24 to victory. Panthers are now 5-8, and eight, and the Seahawks are 7-6. and six. Seahawks still very much in playoff uh, conversation in the NFC. Mm-hmm. But Sam Darnold yesterday, the numbers are not eye-popping. 120 in a touchdown, but he gets the win. Chuba Hubbard, the former Oklahoma State Cowboys, 74 yards and a touchdown. And Geno Smith, 264, three touchdowns, couple of picks. Travis Homer led the way on the ground for the Seahawks with 26 yards. But it's the uh, Panthers getting the victory, thirty to twenty-four, as Steve Wilkes continues to make his bid to be the the coach of the Carolina Panthers. But a big win yesterday on the road in Seattle for Carolina. Darnold hands it off for Blackshear, and he breaks through Raheem Blackshear, the rookie with a key touchdown for Carolina. Panthers are a game out of first place in the NFC South. Yeah, 
But the Saints at four and nine in last place, they're only two games out. So, so that division kind of sucks. It's, but it's anybody's division. It's there for the taking. Absolutely right. The fighting Sam Darnold's five and eight. Although what Baker did for the Rams, pretty impressive. On it, uh, it was pretty impressive Thursday night. Uh, the other team at SoFi looked pretty impressive against the Dolphins last night. The Chargers they looked great, looked good, play good. They looked great with the powder blues and the gold pants. I love them. Wife doesn't like them, but I love them. Thirty-nine of fifty-one, three sixty-seven, and a touchdown for Justin Herbert. And when the Dolphins kindly finally got out of first and second gear and got the offense clicking, it was. Too little, too late, as they trailed 17-7 at the half. They lose 23-17. Tua, Tua non, uh, kind of going quiet tonight. Uh, 10 of 28, 145 and a touchdown. And Tyreek Hill had an interesting evening. Four catches, 81 yards and a touchdown. He had a fumble recovery return <laughs> for a touchdown when it just kind of bounces right into his lap, essentially. And then he kind of runs around the, the schmas of people there and takes it all the way home. 23-17, Chargers win. Chargers are 7-6 and six on the season. Move into second place. Thought you had some sound for that one. West. I do not. Oh, sorry. Thought you had some sound. No, you're fine. Okay. Never mind. I don't know why I thought you had sound for that. Uh, let's see. I think of our picks on Friday. Like, was I the only one that picked the Chargers? Uh, You might have been. I think so. I think I picked the fish. Two is rough stretch in the last couple of games. Yeah. All right, of course, Monday Night Football tonight. We have uh, the Arizona Cardinals taking on the New England Patriots pregame at 530 with uh, Kevin Harlan and uh, Kurt Warner with the call tonight on Westwood One right here on the Team Sports Network. All right, 830, Jim along with the Buckeye boy. Got some thoughts about the Broncos lost yesterday. Is this the, the kind of game that maybe – turns the corner for the Broncos heading into 2023. A loss is still a loss. But the Broncos certainly shorthanded from an injury standpoint. They lose Russ in the second half. They they still find a way to you know to, to lose another one-score game this time to the Kansas City Chiefs and the losing streaks now at 14 straight for the Broncos to Kansas City. All right, 8:30 and it's time to play the number game. <laughs> Let's play the number game on the Jim Davis Show. First correct answer on the Chick-fil-A text line, 970-242-1340, gets our prize for a Monday, which, as always, is the delicious case of Coors Original, the banquet beer. The answer is always a number. So if you text me, uh, Craig Morton, you're wrong. Since the NFL merger with the AFL in 1970, how many Broncos starting quarterbacks went winless in their first starts against every division rival as a Bronco? I'll give you a hint. Russell Wilson just completed the feat, question mark. He went winless in his first starts against the Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs. Since the merger in 1970, how many Broncos quarterbacks have done that? And yes, we're including years where the Seahawks were in the division. How many Broncos quarterbacks since 1970 have gone winless in their first starts against AFC West teams? All right, first correct answer. Must be 21 or older. If you've won the last two weeks, please sit it out. You can win that case, of course, original from High Country Beverage. We'll take a break, and we'll come back with more 
on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network online at theteam1340.com. Yeah, I think they're like the best on the radio. At least at the pro level, the best of the best. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Jim, the Buckeye boy today, the good, the bad, the ugly. Broncos come up short again, losing to the Chiefs, 34-28. And they'll take on Arizona coming up this Sunday. So we'll have our Prep Stars Mighty Maps coming up in just a moment. We're also going to go through a quick recap of the high school sports weekend as well. But a couple of things to get to this morning. CU Buffs related. Because, let's be honest, the Broncos are 3-10. and 10. Avalanche did get a win yesterday against St. Louis, which yeah. is good. It's not like the Nuggets are bad or anything, but Colorado Buffaloes football has taken center stage in this state. And so it looks like that Jackson State offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach Brett Bartoloni is going to join Colorado. His latest coach to join Deion Sanders. Uh, Jackson State's offense with him leading it. They were number eight in scoring in FCS during this past season. And so he will be part of the coaching staff. He was obviously on Deion Sanders' staff. He was at Nevada before he joined Deion Sanders' staff at, at Jackson State. Also, the Deion Sanders effect in terms of recruiting... Saw that this past weekend with uh, Dylan Edwards, who decommitted from Notre Dame after getting an offer from Deion Sanders. Now, uh, Dylan Edwards had also made a commitment to Kansas State, decommitted there, committed to Notre Dame, and now decommits from Notre Dame to come to Colorado. So what you're saying is, by the time next season starts, he's probably not going to be a Buffalo either. Who know? Who knows? Saying Can't take him as, at his word. Apparently. Four-star running back. He's got two more decommits to get even. (laughs) And so, anyway, that's that's one of the the impacts that that Deion Sanders has already had. And that that, that, that Deion's able to to make a phone call to some of these four- or five-star recruits and get them to flip. Edwards ranked 192 overall. In the 2023 class, according to 24-7 Sports Composite. And he'll be the first four-star prospect to sign with Colorado since the 2020 class and the 12th highest-rated player to ever to sign with CU in the modern era. But this is the kind of talent that Deion Sanders plans on bringing in. This is the difference that a coach prime makes. You know, for Notre Dame... It's not really a big loss. They'll be all they're, right. They, they've got they've got plenty of four or five star guys at, at that position, and so and they're they're fairly young at the running back spot. So mm-hmm. it's not like it's a huge loss for Notre Dame, but it's a huge get for Colorado. It's a big get for the Buffaloes. Yeah. Does Tom Herman flip that guy? I don't know, but it may take a little bit more effort than Dion just popping up on his caller ID. You know what I mean? And also, he's able to get Jordan Hall, the tackle, from Columbus, Ohio. We mentioned, I think we mentioned this last week. He was a three-star prospect that was committed to mm-hmm. Jackson State. Which was, okay, that's nice. That's good. He's a three-star guy. This The Dylan Edwards kid's a bigger deal. Going to Notre Dame, yeah. four-star, four-star football player. 
it has it shows once again what a phone call from Deion Sanders can can mean in terms of of being able to get guys to come and play in Boulder. Right, and I, I don't. I mean, I know you weren't, but I wouldn't jump on. You know, kind of douse the guy that committed to Jackson State because that's a team that could have beaten CU this year. Probably, sir. You know, sir, so yeah, certainly so. Star guys, they're they're mining these you know rankings for good players that'll fit what they do, not necessarily. Oh, he's a five star. Travis Hunter, that's great. You know, Shadur Sanders, that's great to have, but. If this guy fits his system and gets the job done, he could be a two-star, and he's going to be successful for C. Well, it's it's kind of like the NFL draft in that, yeah, okay, your first-round guys, your four- and five-star guys. Yeah. But you've got to have plenty of third, fourth, fifth-rounders, mm-hmm. three-star guys that, that come in and can produce for you. And and maybe this offensive tackle, I mean, they, they need help on the offensive line. Colorado needs help everywhere. Let's yeah. let's be honest about that. But, yeah, I'm not I'm not – I'm not poo-pooing him, right? But in terms of overall national perspective, a guy that's going to go to Notre Dame and flips and changes his commitment is a lot sexier, newsworthy. Yeah, yeah, a lot more sexier than an tackle that was going to play for Dion at Jackson State and now has decided to come to Colorado. And right. it's more surprising too, the guy that's like, "Yeah, I'll follow Dion," instead of, "Yeah, I've committed here and here, and now I'm going to see you." All right, so text or call us, 970-242-1340. We have a winner for the number game, by the way. Okay, very good. Let's get to that. Let's try that again. Take two. There we go. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Blake on the Chick-fil-A text line, correctly numbering five Broncos quarterbacks going winless. In their first starts against every division rival as a Bronco. Russell Wilson, the most recent to that list. Can you name me any of the other four? The went winless. Winless in their first starts against every division rival. Um, give you a hint. It happened back-to-back starting quarterbacks in the 80s. Elway? Elway is one. 83-84, it crossed over since he didn't start against right. the Seahawks in 83. DeBerg? I love Steve DeBerg. Yeah, okay. Absolutely, there's two. There's and then there's two more. Same first name as Steve DeBerg. DeBerg. Steve Tenzi. No. Um. Steve Berline. No. Steve Ramsey. Oh, Steve Ramsey. In 1971 okay. and Trevor Simeon in 2016. All right. All five of them That's lost a good question. their first starts against the Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs, and sometimes Seahawks. All right, let's quickly give you a recap of the high school uh, sports weekend. Uh, start with boys basketball, Palisade boys basketball team. They won the Cowboys shootout in Meeker. Uh, they beat the host Cowboys 58-51 in the final. A uh, game that capped a perfect 3-0 weekend for the Bulldogs after heading to the tournament 0-2. Palisade hosts a, a tournament this weekend out of Palisade High School for both boys and girls, by the way, for that tournament out of Palisade. Central Warriors boys unbeaten start to the season came to an end on Saturday. They lost 73-65 to Highland in the final of the Steamboat Springs Tournament. The Warriors beat Golden and Eagle Valley earlier in the tournament. Fruit of Monument boys basketball team, they're unbeaten after a 76-65 win over Weld Central. To wrap up the Bear Creek Tournament, the Wildcats averaged 82 points per game over the weekend, allowed just an average 
of uh, under 31. Montrose Red Hawks, they wrapped up the Demon Invitational with a 65-45 loss to the hands of Faith Christian. Red Hawks were outscored 23-14 in the second quarter to trail 35-23 at half. They were not able to overcome the deficit after the break. Montrose is now 5-1. and one. Moving on to the girls, Palisade uh, girls basketball, they dropped all three games at the Glenwood Springs Tournament. They wrapped up with a 56-41 loss to Moffat County after a 2-0 start. The Bulldogs are 2-4 and and they'll be out at their tournament this weekend at Palisade High School. Central Warriors girls dropped their first game of the season in the final day of the Wildcat Classic at Fruita Monument. They fell to Castleview 41-34. Warriors often struggled scoring in double digits just once. The difference was a 13-9 score after one. A hole the Warriors could not dig themselves out of. Grand Junction girls dropped all three games of the Wildcat Classic. They fell to Basalt 34-30 on Friday before losing to Ponderosa 53-24. The Tigers are now 0-5 on the season they play at the Palisade Tournament coming up this weekend. Fruto Monument girls host the Wildcat Classic, and they won all three games. Wildcats into the weekend with a 54-42 win over Carbon, Utah on Saturday. They trailed the Dinos 25-21 at halftime. Wildcats outscored Carbon 17-5 in the third to take the lead for good. Fruit is now 5-1, and and they'll be playing out of Palisade this weekend. Montrose girls basketball won their fifth straight with a smothering 51-9 win over Basalt. After losing their season opener, the Red Hawks have rolled. They've outscored their three opponents in Glenwood Springs at that tournament by an average of 57 to 17. Central and Fruit of Monument boys wrestling teams competed at the Wasatch Intermountain Duels in Utah. The Warriors went 3-1 and one with an 8-0 no weekend from 106-pound Elijah Hernandez. Wildcats went 1-3 and three with 138-pound Will Stewart and 215-pound Tatum Williams going 8-0. Montrose and Cedaridge took 3rd and 4th at this last weekend's Panther Invitational Wrestling Meet at uh, Delta. Montrose defending 4A 285-pound state champion Demarion Lopez won a championship along with 126-pound teammate Cameron Allegra. Delta's top-ranked 106-pounder Dawson Drozdick won his weight class. Palisades Keaton Young won the 138-pound title. And let's see, one more as far as uh, prep sports this past weekend. The District 51 Phoenix girls wrestling team, they finished second Saturday at the Grizzly Invitational at Mesa Ridge, scoring 145 points in that one. All right, 844, Jim along with the Buckeye boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. It's time for our Browns cremation and funeral service. Good call, bad call. Was that a good call or did they totally blow it? It's good call or bad call. All right, call Browns cremation today to make your arrangements before your family has to deal with it. That's a good call. Bad call is leaving it for them to do after uh, you pass away. So keep that in mind. Make sure, or if you got a loved one, an elderly, you know, you know mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, you can go there and help them also make their arrangements as well at uh, Brown's Cremation and Funeral Service. All right. Chris Beard, Texas basketball coach, arrested this morning and facing some troubling allegations. Blaze and Austin have confirmed that Beard is arrested and charged with assault on a family member, uh, impeding breath, breath circulation or strangulation. So Beard accused of trying to choke out a family member that uh, the police in Austin received a disturbance uh, hotshot call early in the morning. A hotshot call is defined as involving incidents which are in progress or an immediate threat to life and or public safety. Beard was arrested and taken to the Travis County Jail for booking. Once again, everybody's innocent in this country until proven guilty. But good call that Chris Beard might be done as the Texas basketball coach. It's a good call that he should be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're innocent until proven guilty in the court system, sure, but but when you bring hey. this kind of 
negative attention yeah. to the basketball program, yeah. it's probably you're probably going to get canned. Yeah. Yeah, you probably should. At this probably point. should. And to, unless something incredibly revelatory comes out afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you probably probably should be poop canned by the... On the surface does not look good. By COB today. You know what I mean? Just saying. Yeah. Uh, good call, bad call. Army-Navy over the weekend. One, it's awesome game. Always is. Two, the uniforms were pretty rad this year. Old iron sides for Army, which who won, and I picked, by the way. Navy with the NASA uniforms. Those were pretty slick. With the astronaut on the side yeah. of the helmet, the NASA logo. That's they looked good really call. good. The double overtime game. Yep. Fumbled at the one-foot line. Ooh. Oh, man. That's I picked bad. Army as well. Yeah. So. Other uh, Another uni good call, bad call. The Jets have yet to wear their green jerseys this season. The tops. They've worn green pants. They've worn black tops. They've yet to wear the green Jets jerseys. That's, That's a bad call. Yeah, you're gang green. You're the Jets. Your gang, we might have green now, right? Hey, man, come on. Wear the green. It's yeah. like the Browns. They went one year where they wore just the white jerseys the entire year. They wore white at home, and then everybody on the road made them wear whites anyway. And it's like, come on, what's the whole point? What are we doing here? You're not the Cleveland Whites. You're the Cleveland Browns. Wear brown at some point. Good call, bad call. Now that Xander Bogarts is part of the Padres, concerned they already have. Are they now your favorites to win the National League West over the Dodgers? No. Until they do it, no. I just I can't count the Dodgers out with their checkbook. And their history. I'm, I'm going to say that the, I think the Padres win the West this year. I think they do. Interesting. There's my little hot take today. All right. Uh, hot stove hot take. There we go. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Our uh, prep stars and Mighty Mavs coming up next on the Jim Davis Show. Craptastic. Not just crap. <laughs> the team presents the Jim Davis Show on Colorado sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 851. I'm Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. Most trust name in automobiles. Let's see. Butchie, good call, bad call. Butchie making his prediction on the Broncos Chiefs game. Great call. No more Lou Holtz impersonations. Oh, come on. Butchie, because you're right one time. Because normally Butchie is he's he's Captain Sandbag, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, the Lou Holtz impersonations are not going to go away, Butchie. Trust me. It's because you were you were you were right that the Broncos would be up for the task on Sunday, and they, and they weren't. They 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 covered. Yeah. And so, but come on, Butchie. A team not, that has played thirteen games and eleven of them are one score <laughs> games. Lost a one score game. Wow. It's, <laughs> That's a nice thick Lemur out on there, Butchie. But good, Butchie. Good job. Good job, Butchie. Well done, sir. All right. It's I time. won't enable it. It's time for Prep Stars and Mighty Mavs. It's time to let the stars. It's Prep Stars on the Jim Davis Show. All right. Uh, start out with uh, Fertile Monuments, Daniel Thomason. 32 points against Weld Central. In their final game in the Bear Creek Tournament. Over the weekend, he averaged 22 points per game for Jake Higuera and the Wildcat Boys. So that's my uh, my male prep star today, Daniel Thomason, with a great weekend. 
My male prep star, I'm going co-prep stars. The Lukes, Lucas Perry, Luke Fay at Palisade High School, 17 each in the uh, Cowboys shootout championship game in Meeker. All right, go to the girls. District 51 Phoenix wrestler Apollonia Middleton wins the 130-pound title at the Grizzly Invitational. She beats 8th-ranked Savannah Bream of Chatfield in a pin in a minute 20. Over the weekend, she wrestled, what, four minutes total? Four matches, four and a half minutes total. Boom. Yeah. She was done. That's that's effort I like to give in over a weekend. <laughs> About four and a half minutes worth. Uh, my f- girls prep star, Whitney Stortz on the uh, Grand Junction swimming team, won the 200-meter individual medley at the Gunnison Cowboy Invitational. All right, now it's time for Mighty Mavs. Best of CMU Sports. It's Mighty Mavs on the Jim Davis Show. All right, Gunnar Rigsby, former Brutal Monument Wildcat, mm-hmm. beat his own school record in the triple jump. He did it at the, the Mountaineer Open up at uh, Gunnison. Not only did he beat his own school record, yeah. it's the best indoor jump in the world this season. Yeah, I saw that on the Mavs social media pages. Now, is that altitude-aided? It's in, uh, in Gunnison. Yeah, so. So things fly farther in Gunnison, but well, and certainly Gunner's still Gun- pretty good. Gunner flew pretty far on he Saturday. He did, absolutely. Men, Mac Rineker, career-high 21 points Friday night, and then had six points in 90 seconds. To help the Mavs from a five-point hole to a three-point lead Saturday, part of an eight-point effort. But that stretch was really crucial for the Mavericks as they get the weekend sweep. All right. As far as our female Mighty Mav, Micah Jenret, who, of course, is a tremendous pentathlete. She won the pentathlon at the Mountaineer Open this weekend. So congratulations to her. Going Ainsley Hester, true freshman, Got a pin in the duel against Snow College uh, back on Thursday for the Mavericks women's wrestling team, who uh, romped to victory there, uh, forty to seven in that duel. I think. Good, I think. Don't think they've lost a home duel in two years. Travis Mercado's team doing really, really well right now. Ooh, All right. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Eight fifty-five. We'll take a break. We'll come back. More of your text. The good, the bad, the ugly from the weekend. Send that to us. Chick Fil A breakfast team phone line. 970-242-1340. Oh, we got a text from our buddy Cake, by the way. Oh, we did. Who is uh, on the men. So we'll get to that next hour as well. Hour three coming up on the team.